0: The Eighth Circuit Network. We make things. Put them in your brain.
1: Um, hello, this is Kyle, or DJ Funky Thunder, from Funk
0: Radio, and Peter. This, uh, <laughs> this is Peter, also on Funk Radio, your one-stop source for all your favorite funky hits.
1: Yay! Funky hits are the best.
0: That's correct. Um, Today I thought it would be kind of cool to touch on some of the television commercials that have been going on over the last couple of months. There have been a lot of... Uh, Soul and Funk songs recently that I've noticed, and there's actually a pretty good list we have here, and we thought we would share them with you so that you can learn what these cool songs are, and maybe go check them out.
1: That's pretty cool. You know what's funny? um, When we had Funk Radio at Chapman for, what, like two years? Yeah. And when we first started doing it, um, like, I I kind of had a a decent idea of Funk and Soul music, Hmm. but as we started making new playlists and discovering new songs half the songs i recognized weren't because i knew the band or i even knew the song name or because i heard it on like an advertisement or a show or a movie
0: yeah yeah exactly that's the same for me i think we we all i think know more songs than we think we do
1: yeah so like songs are so prevalent in advertising that they get stuck in your it's easier to get stuck in your head that way than it is (laughs) to like actually like know the band
0: yeah exactly and uh the more The more they can do to get the song stuck in your head that's that 's the better the advertising definitely yeah um, so I guess uh let 's start out by playing a clip from a song, and then afterwards we 'll tell you what that is.
1: Hey. Year. <laughs> that was a good song. Yeah, it was. Um, that was actually "Get Ready" by the Temptations, and it was recently used um, by J.C. Penny. It was written by Smokey Robinson. I'm sure a lot of you heard of him.
0: Yes, this was this was a pretty big hit for the Temptations. the The commercials, if you haven't seen them, it's basically a bunch of kids running around going getting ready for school. So "Get Ready" is obviously referencing you know getting ready for the new school year because it's back to school
1: season. Yay. Honestly, that's like, especially maybe because I'm a graduate now, that's the one thing I hate about like mid-August is all the back-to-school commercials, Mm. because even when I was in school, they just felt so insulting. It's like, hey, school totally sucks, so let's bombard you (laughs) with commercials (laughs) to try to get you excited, even though though you hate it, you you know you hate it, your parents hate it, and
0: (laughs) No, your parents love it it, because you're out of the house.
1: Yeah, okay, maybe that's true, but... I doubt many parents love running around, like, the weekend before school buying markers and crayons. Oh, yeah. Well, that notebooks. totally, yeah.
0: Nobody likes that. Although I didn't like going to school, I think probably the going back to school time was kind of fun, because you got to choose all your new folders and stuff. Yeah. the ones with Batman on them. There's, <laughs>
1: there's something magical about, like, new school supplies when you were a kid. Like, those new, uh, like, those plastic pencil holder things that, like, everybody had. Yeah. And... Like, it seems like every year there was like some new pencil attachment that everyone had to have.
0: You could see how long you can go before uh, breaking your ruler.
1: Oh, that's... No!
0: They, they
1: invented those bendy rulers. All the bendy I had one of those, yeah. Yeah. And then I would just use it as a helicopter by sticking it on the end of a pencil and spinning it during my entire math period.
0: <laughs> I did that so much.
1: <laughs> it's obviously an effective commercial. It's just really funny, though, that the songs that obviously were had a much different meaning back when they were produced and you know, others produced in the sixties. Yeah. And now they're used to like shell school supplies and notebooks and travel keepers. Yeah. So do, do, do you think, do you think that the, 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 uh, re- um, use of a lot of these songs in advertising kind of cheapens the genre or do you think it makes it more accessible?
0: You know, I hold that thought cause I actually want to, um, Kind of tie that in. Actually, now that you mentioned that, I want to tie that into the next one. Okie <laughs> Um By the way, if you didn't hear it, that was "Get Ready" by The Temptations, and you should go check out that song because they're also a really cool group. They got a lot of cool other songs as well.
1: Yeah, I'm sure everyone's heard of The Temptations. That's one of those bands that you, you just know. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. Um, so okay, let's play another one. This is from another commercial that's currently going now. Right now, I've seen it a couple times today, even. So, let's play it. So, that was Give Me Just a Little More Time by the chairman of the board. And, Kyle, can you guess what commercial has been using that song? Swiffer. <laughs> Yes, the, the Swiffer-Sweeper, I believe, that's the commercial is going on constantly right now. I know
1: I know, a few, like, two, like, I don't know, maybe like a year or two ago, when they were talking about how awesome Swiffer is, they would mm-hmm. always show, like, a broom or a mop, and it was, like, dejected
0: yeah. because
1: it was no longer being used. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I remember there was this one commercial a few years ago where, like, this, like, broom was, like, staring creepily out the window, <laughs> <laughs> While the lady was cheating on him with a swiffer, and it said like, "Who's that lady?"
0: Yeah, and they played so, uh, they played "Who's That Lady" by the Isley Brothers. Yeah, exactly. Um, which if you don't know by name, you I think you would probably know by by. Sound. Bo- yeah,
1: both of these songs are very, very, very. In fact, um, give me just a little more time. I remember I heard that maybe like a year ago. No idea who it was by. No idea the name, but I knew the song mm-hmm. because I'm sure I heard it in some commercial somewhere.
0: <laughs> um so actually going back to the point you were trying to mention before about whether it cheapens the genre um i would say that the the instance of who's who's that lady with mm-hmm. uh, the swiffer commercial a couple of years ago i think that's one of the the first times that i heard the song and i actually knew the song before hearing it on the commercial because mm-hmm. that's when i was uh you know coming to learn of these whole musical styles mm-hmm. and i felt kind of annoyed because it's like oh if, I, if I'm listening to this, people will say, hey, you just know that from the Swiffer commercial. So. Yeah,
1: I... It, like, because this music is so now readily accessible where people hear it, you know, on TV and such, it seems like you don't have to be as much... You know, It's harder to, to actually seem like you care about or like the genre without seeming like some sort of phony,
0: <laughs> you know? In a way.
1: Um, like, perfect example, that song... Um, Sexual Healing I think it is by Marvin Gaye with the very iconic like opening notes. Yeah. Like that's become almost like this like trope of anything sexual Oh wait sexual.
0: no. I think you're talking about um Let's get it on.
1: Let's get it on. Thank you. Sorry. I always get this stuff. Yeah, ones, I know so. you're about. But no, that that whole s- that those just those like five or six notes are like an instant instantly recognizable um musical back back note yeah. to sexual attraction. Like, you can show a guy, like, staring at a candy bar, and then play that, and you it's, <laughs> it's creepy, but it gets the point across.
0: Yeah, it does. Um, what Was there a commercial that used it recently? Because I feel like, I'm now sure that you mention that, I think there was. I I'm don't...
1: sure there was. I've seen that. That song probably used more than almost any other in commercials.
0: Yeah. Just because
1: it's so iconic. Which is sad, because Marvin Gaye is one of my favorite artists, and he's probably one of the best R&B singers of all time. Yeah, And definitely. One of his most famous songs is basically become this, like, meme to <laughs> show, like, creepy sexuality. <laughs> you know, I don't know. It, it, it seems like it just, the song's been a little perverted to me. Like,
0: hmm.
1: I guarantee no one can name, like, you ask 9 out of 10 people, they can't name that song. Like, I yeah, you know, know yeah. it's Marvin Gaye, but I don't know. That's just my feeling.
0: Yeah, good point. Um, I, I don't know. I think I, my, my opinion has changed over time about whether that's really a problem. I think... I'm kind of glad, actually, the more I see it, that it's actually uh, more common now to use these kind of songs because it's like, oh, okay, society actually somewhat uh, acknowledges them.
1: One thing I'm curious about, too, is, especially like considering Marvin Gaye because he passed away so early, um, are a lot of these older songs used because it's easier to get the rights to them because either the performers are deceased or, like, is there? Do you think there's a reason for that?
0: Uh, that's a good point. I actually don't. That that might be a possibility. It might be a lot cheaper to get, you know, something by a chairman yeah. of the board versus, you know, Katie Perry or popular
1: Yeah, exactly. So may, maybe that's maybe that's why older music is so much more prevalent in commercials yeah. now. There's like this, like time period like oh you wait 20 years and then all the songs are in commercials <laughs>
0: another another <laughs> thing maybe is that well i noticed probably at least half of the songs that we've uh, chosen today are actually mm-hmm. like the name of the song or the the refrain of it is directly related to the the point they're trying to get across like get ready oh, no like we said was uh getting ready for school give me just a little more time uh in these commercials for swiffer basically swiffer gets the cleaning job done really fast so you have a lot more time to do the things that you want to do so it's giving you just a little more time
1: I want to know if there's like an actual job in advertising where you just have to go around finding, finding songs something. that are applica- applicable to whatever you're advertising because that would probably That'd be the be coolest fun. job effort. I would like that right you just serve iTunes all day or something
0: <laughs> um okay so uh, I guess this is a good time to move on to our next song let's listen to it
1: Can't wait, you see That was How You Like Me Now by The Heavy, um, used for the recent Kia Soul commercial. I, it's the commercial, I'm sure you guys have seen it um, either on Hulu or whatever, where those life size toys are like riding in the Kia Soul and driving around, and it's like a road trip montage party and thing. This is
0: not to be confused with the ones they have with the hamsters, which are yeah. kind of creepy.
1: Kia, I gotta say, has some really good like PR people or advertising people because. The commercials are really creepy, but
0: they're effective. Yeah, um, the commercial that used this song uh, did not use the hamsters. Uh, they used uh, a bunch of life-size toys. Like, there was a sock monkey, and I don't know what like the a, other thing like is. but it's, I think it was like a chew toy. It was a like a life-size toy. Chew toy. With one know. eye, it's orange. Uh, a couple other toys like that, driving around, having fun. Um, that...
1: That song by The Heavy is actually, they're a fairly contemporary band. Um,
0: yeah, I had no idea that this was a contemporary song, actually. Really? Because this was released in uh, 2009. Oh. Okay. And to me, it sounds just like a regular soul song. I guess I never looked into it. I never
1: They really Yeah, they definitely, they definitely um, really, really attribute a lot of their sound to that old 70s, even a little bit of 80s style, and there's really not mm-hmm. much modernism, I guess, to it, um, unlike the new um, Bobby Womack album we were talking about last week. Right, right. They're not incredibly famous right now, but I'm sure I'm sure that commercial helped. That's no—that's another good point to bring up with these guys, especially is, you know, maybe not so much for the older guys because they already had their fame. But for these guys, do you think that um, using their songs in commercials, you know, even though some people could consider it like selling out or whatever, mm-hmm. obviously that gets them promotional uh, promotional abilities and allows them to become more famous and more of a household name. It, it, you know. Mm-hmm. um similar to the uh, i guess along this this uh idea they're not really funk but the black keys mm-hmm. yeah, i swear like okay i heard one of their songs in um Zombieland at the end of the movie and i love that song at the end and i'm just like oh i have to look up this band I looked them up they've been around for like 10 years mm-hmm. or like nine years at that point and like a few months after that they released a um another another album it's just funny because after that album was released, I heard so many of their songs in commercials. Hmm. I actually got tickets to see them this October, and they were not cheap in any way. <laughs> so nice. um, it's just funny how I'm, I guarantee that um, all their songs constantly being in tons of commercials really got them a lot of brought a lot of their success. Yeah,
0: I'm, I'm sure that's the case for uh, the heavy as well. Because oh, I yeah. mean, I know I've heard this, in at least I, probably a couple of other commercials. And also, uh, a lot of movies have been using this song as well. I never would have known about uh, this band or this song if it hadn't been for all the advertising it's gotten in movies and TV. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I don't think they play on the radio, do they? And I haven't heard well, it anywhere else. I, I've
1: never heard them on the radio.
0: Yeah, I mean, so, I mean, there you go. That totally gets some good uh, mm-hmm. exposure.
1: Exactly. A, um, another, I guess, really, really, really famous song that we're going to play a clip of right now. was the green onions by booger t and the mgs i guarantee every single one of you heard that song at one point in your life it's instrumental which is probably why it lends itself so well to commercialization um yeah but they actually used that recently in stacy's pita chips um it was also used a while back this is kind of sad but it was used for um depends adult diapers
0: yeah that wasn't even that long ago either and i remember seeing that commercial and just I like, face palming because I like, know, oh,
1: I, wow. I am sure Booker T... He's, is he dead? He's probably dead. I have no idea. Dead or... Yeah, dead or alive, he is rolling around somewhere <laughs> because of his song being used in... <laughs> he's
0: alive rolling
1: around? <laughs> well, you know, like they say, uh, rolling in, in your his, grave. In his
0: diapers, yes.
1: Yeah, you know, they say rolling in a grave. If he's not dead, he's just rolling around on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um... The cool fact about that song obviously showing how um widely culturally spread it is is it was just recently added into the Library of Congress's National Recording Registry uh for songs that they they think are culturally historically or aesthetically significant. So
0: That's correct. That's, yeah, that was that yeah. wasn't that long. It was it was sometime this year.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um so that alone shows just how prominent that song is. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty cool cuz um didn't we? Didn't we use that song in one of our animations?
0: Yeah, we we uh we and a couple other people worked on an animated short a couple years ago, and we actually used this for the intro. So it, le- it, it
1: lent itself quite well.
0: It did, yes. Um. Okay, let's play another song right now. Okay. This is um, "Heart of the City Ain't No Love" by Jay Z. This is a hip hop song that covers um, "Ain't No Love in the Heart of the City" by Bobby Bland, which is my one of my uh, favorite soul songs. Same here. Word. Yeah, it's really cool. It's um, kind of a one hit
1: wonder, but still that song is amazing.
0: Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So this is actually this, yeah, this is a cover by Jay Z, or not a cover. I'm sorry. It's like he, it's, sam- he, it's sampled, a, he sampled. Yeah, he sampled part the, it, that's what "In I meant to the sound. Heart of the City." Yeah, which
1: I have my own reservations about sampling, but that's a topic for another. That's
0: time. that's another episode. Yeah, um, yeah. I would say hip hop isn't generally my thing as much, but I do I do appreciate it for what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and, there, and
1: don't get me wrong, there's some that's good. I just I don't know.
0: Oh yeah, for sure. I thought they actually. I thought he actually did. This was did sampled fairly well. Yeah, actually. I think you
1: know. I think I think this is one of the few things that actually does the song justice. Yeah. Something I was just like, God, you're butchering. But no, this one this one actually did a did a good job.
0: Yeah, they did. Or he did, I said.
1: Um, the song was actually used for um, a Chrysler 300 commercial. So I guess yeah. possibly kind of fitting. It doesn't it show the car like rolling around through the city.
0: Yeah. Well, when I first heard it, um, I think it was a, a, a commercial on YouTube that I couldn't skip, so I had to sit through it. <laughs> of course. And, of and course. then I went to a different a different tab in my browser to do something else while I was waiting, and then I heard uh. Ain't No Love in the Heart of the City, it was like, oh, that's cool. So I went back and then realized it was actually another song that was uh, sampling it mm. rather than the song itself. So I went and looked it up and it was Heart of the City, Ain't No Love by Jay-Z.
1: That's pretty cool.
0: Hey, you know, actually, this is a cool little tie-in that I was not expecting, but do you know who bought a Chrysler 300 recently? You? No, Walter <laughs> White from the cool series Breaking Bad. Oh,
1: yes. That was... Oh, I don't want to spoil too much, but yeah, that was um, when he bought one for him and his son.
0: Yeah, he. Uh, I think it was the beginning of season five. He when he buys uh, his son a that was that was a, like a charger, car. and then he got he gets himself a Chrysler three hundred, which is a really nice car, by the way.
1: Yeah, no, those one of the well made American luxury cars, yeah. semi luxury car.
0: Um, but yeah, Breaking Bad. If you don't know what it is, I don't even know why you're on the internet. But <laughs> just get
1: off right now. Just
0: get out. Yeah, you You're should no definitely go check it out. It's one of the best TV shows of all time.
1: Um, speaking of that, um, on a recent episode this season, actually, um, without giving too much away, they um, had a montage of Walter White making crystal meth. That's
0: great. Cool. Um, That's what the show's about, by the way. It's not like he just decides to make crystal meth one day.
1: No, no, no. Yeah, the the, the premise of the show is he's a uh, high school chemistry teacher who was diagnosed with cancer, and in order to pay for his chemotherapy, he decides to start cooking uh, methamphetamine. And then he gets more and more wrapped into the drug industry, and it kind of just warps him as a person.
0: The whole series is basically one huge uh, character transformation. Oh yeah, it's like the biggest character arc
1: in in, in in TV history, I think.
0: It's really cool. Yeah, that's actually... Uh, play a song, or play a clip from the song that was used in that montage right now. Okay.
1: That song was "Blue Crystal." Excuse me. Um, "Blue Crystal," "Crystal Persuasion." I I can talk. That song was by um, Tommy Jones and the Shandles, which is funny because I personally, I don't know, I've never heard that song until I heard it on the show, but I. it was literally absolutely perfect because the crystal method they make has a blue hue to it.
0: Well, I've read that a lot of people are wondering why the show didn't use Blue Crystal Persuasion before, because, I mean, it's been five years and they're just now using it. It's like, did they not even know it was around or... I mean they must have. I mean they do have a
1: lot of those I guess cut, se- you know, smash sequences where they show like you know, little cut shots of them doing things, which I love about the show.
0: Yeah, they do they do do that on a really regular basis. Yeah,
1: like those like mon little y things.
0: Yeah. Um something cool. Let's um I want to get back to this actual song anyway. <laughs> as yes. uh, as as much as I love the show. Um you will so, love it more. <laughs> oh, yes. Um so Blue Crystal Persuasion, um, a lot of people believe that Tommy James was referencing crystal meth, but something interesting I was reading about this song is that um, amphetamines, the drug, was not available in crystal form until after the uh, Comprehensive Drug Abuse Prevention and Control Act of 1970, and this song came out a year before that. And after this uh, this act came about in 1970, basically, mm-hmm. uh, it really, uh, they cracked down. On uh, on meth in the form that it was in before, which was, I believe, some kind of pill. So I they sh- had to come up with a new way to, to distribute symph- this. To
1: synthesize it.
0: Yeah. Um. So, kind of an overall thing uh, addressing the use of funk soul songs in commercials. Kyle, I believe it's time for you to tell us about the raisins.
1: Oh yes, the raisins. <laughs> Some of your listeners may, depending on your age, may or may not remember this. I, was, this was happening before I was born, but apparently there was a song in the or a song and uh, commercial in the 1980s. It was extremely popular with the Raisinettes. It was a it was like these little claymation raisins that were singing and dancing, in, like next to a raisin box, and they were singing. Um,
0: I heard it through the grapevine. I grapevine.
1: I'm Marvin Gaye. But, but, but. but that was um, really one of the first big big popular commercials to i believe use soul music
0: to kind of bring it back
1: to kind of yeah exactly to kind of bring back soul music in that commercial way and that's that commercial just became a phenomenon
0: so do you think that that well, yeah do you think that was a kind of a kind of a starting point for advertisers it, i'm sure
1: i'm sure it wasn't the first but it was i think it was definitely one of the first really really big ones mm-hmm. to do it um And because it was in the 80s, that was only, what, like 20 years? Not even 20 years after Marvin Gaye's death. So I'm sure it resonated better with people where they didn't just, like, they probably knew that's Heard on the Grapevine by Marvin Gaye brought back the appreciation of him. Yeah. Whereas today, people hear stuff and they don't even know the artist or the name. They're just like, oh, that's the song from that commercial.
0: (laughs) But luckily for you, funky listeners, now you know what all these songs are.
1: Exactly. Yes, uh, Random Tangent.
0: Okay. I was watching
1: the movie Finding Forrester on Netflix last night. I um, never saw it, heard of it. The thing I, I recognized when I was watching it was, because it's about an uh, inner-city black student in New York who has a talent for writing, hmm. one of the, uh, his classmates is the actor who plays Jimmy Darmody on the very famous Boardwalk Empire HBO series. This movie was made in 2000, and the series started in 2010, so he, I guess this is 10 years and the guy looked exactly the same. It was really creepy, down <laughs> down to the slicked back hair. Well,
0: he's he's still pretty young. I mean, what is he like? Late twenties? I would say
1: late twenties, early thirties. Um, but it's just really funny because he just didn't age in ten years, and it's that's
0: cool. But um, yeah,
1: go watch Finding Forrester, and more importantly, go watch Boardwalk Empire. It's on HBO, so hopefully you have HBO.
0: I don't have it, um, so don't I feel bad. Money,
1: which kind of sucks, but no, if you can, that show is brilliant.
0: The, uh, aesthetically, it's just it's incredible. Pr- well, it's, um, produced,
1: it's, a, it's produced by Martin Scorsese. I don't know uh, how much of a hand he has in directing it, I believe, but...
0: I know he, uh, I think he directed the pilot. I don't know what else he's done oh. for it since then, but, uh...
1: That's my random tangent of the show, so... I'm...
0: I have a random tangent of the show. Yay! Peter has a random tangent. Go. Yay. For lunch, I had a really big, <laughs> delicious, um... <I'm> sorry. <laughs> Shut up, Kyle. <laughs> that is the best intro forever. Random
1: tangent. For lunch, I had... <laughs>
0: Oh, I went. I, I had the, the urge to have a, uh, a Chipotle burrito.
1: Yeah. You don't like it? No. Oh well, I don't know. They they got bought by McDonald's and they did. Yeah, like a few years ago. Uh, so I mean, yeah. I'm sure their quality didn't go down, but something about that just kind of turned me off. And I mean, I I was never a huge fan of them, anyways. I don't want to eat a burrito that's the size of a football.
0: I do, and I did.
1: <laughs> okay, I'm sorry to put down Chipotle. Um, Continue with your well, um, burrito story.
0: Yeah, that aside, that was immensely delicious, and I encourage you to go check out Chipotle if you haven't already. Um, I guess that's it for me today.
1: That was your story? You ate a burrito? Really?
0: I was telling people to go eat a Chipotle because it's delicious.
1: That's a terrible random tangent. <laughs> Hey, hey, Peter! You know what? Today, I used Oscar Mayer ham on my sandwich. So, everyone, go buy Oscar Mayer.
0: <laughs> well, I'm not going to judge you for that because I'm sure that was delicious. It was. So, we hope you enjoy listening to our show. Be sure to uh, subscribe to us somehow. Oh, we're actually somehow? on a, we're on a we're on, we're on iTunes, iTunes now, now. So, you better uh, check please us out. go on
1: iTunes, find our podcast. It's free. Go subscribe, download, do whatever you have to, so you can listen to us in your ear holes every single week.
0: That's correct. And uh, we're also available, if you want the episode even earlier, because it takes a little bit of time to go on iTunes, uh, you can go to 8thCircuit.com.
1: And awesome site. They have reviews, music, movies, games, all that good stuff. Yep. Along with our little funk corner that we've established for ourselves, our Funk Enclave.
0: Funk Enclave. Yes,
1: yes. (laughs) Yes. Okay, Um, Um, this is... Kyle, signing off. And, and this
0: is Peter also signing off, and Kyle has something else to say. Okay, what? You said and, so I thought you were going somewhere with that.
1: No, I was just and saying and, leading into Peter. Oh. I was trying I was, to I set was you was up, the man. I was trying to set you up to knock him down.
0: Well, I did knock him down.
1: No, you didn't. You, like, I gave you know up. like in bowling where like you get the bumpers and you still miss them? That's what happened.
0: That's what happens when I play bowling.
1: <laughs> okay. Bye, guys. See you in a few days.
0: Okay, bye. Bye. Yay. For more podcasts and the latest news in gaming, movies,
1: and entertainment, visit 8 circuit.com.